Today's podcast is brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia, designed for use by the US military. Caffeine chewing gum has been widely used in professional sports as the main pre-game or training caffeine source for a number of years now. Some of the benefits include 100 milligrams of caffeine per piece. It absorbs through your mouth and not through your stomach, therefore giving your body quicker access to the caffeine. And it comes in three different and unique flavors, including cinnamon, spearmint, and arctic mint. Try some today at www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. And boom, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest edition of the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Today's very special guest is a five-time Super Rugby champion for the Canterbury Crusaders. He's also just been named as the captain of Manu Samoa for their upcoming World Cup qualifiers, and in my opinion, is, is now one of the best tighthead props in world rugby. Mikey gives some great insights into what makes the Crusaders one of the world's greatest sporting teams and was very open about what he's learned from being there and from being around some of the world's best players. Considering just before he left Australia, Mike was considering retiring to now go on and represent his country and do what he's done is nothing short of amazing. This is a great story of persistence and working hard to make the most of your potential. So, without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Mike Ala Alatoa. Hopefully, I said that right, brother. How are you? Okay, there he is. Yeah, good mate. Yeah, how are you? Good mate. Good to see you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. Good to see you, mate. Doing all right. Long time, long time, mate. Long, long time. Yeah, been a few years there, mate. So, I know you listen to a few, but kind of how I do these is kind of an interview but more of a conversation um, yeah I did a few earlier like when I was talking to Kieran and guys like that where I was interviewing them and people were like you know conversational styles a bit better so I kind of got some things I want to ask you and then let's just see where it goes mate yeah are you cool yeah, with sweet. that yeah I'm cool with that yeah so yeah, I was thinking, first... what was that no, I said this is my first podcast so yeah, I might be a bit, you know, nervous or, or whatever. So, Mate, you know, uh, it's yeah. fun, it's funny to hear you say that, considering some of the shit you've done since I've last seen you. So, I was, I was just thinking about this today. The last time I saw you, I think you you'd left West Harbour to go to New Zealand. Well, we played against each other, I'm pretty sure, and then you yeah. moved to New Zealand. So, in the last since I've last seen you, you've won five Super Rugby titles, played in a Rugby World Cup, captained your country. And now you just signed to go to the Leicester Tigers in the English Premiership. Do you like if someone said to you five years ago, what would you say to that? Oh, I probably wouldn't believe it, to be honest. Like, especially where I was at the time. Yeah. No, definitely wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, before I left, I was pretty much gonna quit altogether, just or just play shoot shield, play for West Harbour and 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 work. So yeah, um, uh, to see, to see what what's happened since then, it's yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. But at the same time, like now that I'm in it, I probably won't appreciate it until until I finish playing. So yeah, I mean, it's still I'm still going. So yeah, I mean, who knows when it's when it's going to end? Hopefully, all going well. Could have spent a few years at Leinster. So, so how many years have you signed? How many years are you signed for? 
I've signed um, two years at Leinster, Leinster yeah. in um, Ireland. Yeah. Oh, in Ireland. I thought it was Leicester Tigers, so it's Leinster in Ireland. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, very yeah, so. cool. So why? Well, let's go. Oh, I'm going to jump around all over the place because that's just the way I am, bro. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're all right. Um. So when when I was talking to Kieran, I, I think everyone's fascinated by what happens at the Crusaders because. Mm. Because they just produce so many good rugby players consistently, consistently. And you look at guys like yourself, your Pete Samus of the world, your Namani Nadolos, who um, you wouldn't say rejected, but it kind of didn't work out in Australia. Go to the Crusaders and then look at everything that's happened for, for you guys. Yeah. Can, can you put it down to anything? Like, I know with Kieran, he, he grew up in that system and he was there the whole yeah. time. But you've seen the other side of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, for me personally, I had a, I had a pretty dream run into the Crusaders because um, Nepal Aulala was there in 2015 and he left there to go to the Chiefs so that he could play, so he could start. So that opened the door for a tight end and just off the back of Mitre 10, that's what, how, where my opportunity came and I ended up I was the only other tight end. It was myself and Owen. So, and I probably, and to be honest, I probably wasn't ready to play every game of Super Rugby that year. But I, I did, and I learned. I had to learn pretty quickly. Um, probably just on the Crusaders. Um, the first thing I noticed was at training was like, it's it the the culture and the standards are driven by the players, not not the coaches. So you know, like I. Coming from Australia, I was so used to like, you know, the coaches like, you know, getting up the boys like, you know, fucking, you know, like, um, you need to you need to run up harder or or work harder here and there. But over there, it's just the boys like telling each other to work harder for for each other because I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not doing that, then you're gonna let um, your teammate down. And that's yeah. And then even now, like, you know, normal week like. The thing that I always tell people is that all I have to worry, all I have to worry about is just doing my job to the best of my ability. I know that the guy next to me is going to do the same, and then we're all on the same page, and everything just just flows from there. So that's I think that's a big part of our success is everyone just owning their own shit and doing their own job, and you trust that your mate's going to do the same. Has it always been like that? I think so. From from the start, yeah, it's it's always been there. But um, twenty sixteen, when my first year, we we lost the quarterfinals, so there was a piece missing, and that's what well, that's what Raisin and Jace Ryan and that new coaching staff brought was just that enjoyment factor. So it probably wasn't it probably wasn't much of an enjoyment factor at the start, um, or when I first went down, and there was a lot, there were a lot of old heads there as well at the time, like. Um, Oh, I can't remember all the names, but um, when Razor and that came in, they pretty much like, turned the whole organisation upside down. So that that um, that players driving standards was still there, but um, guys, even like the All Blacks, they were put on edge as well, just from his style and the way he coaches. And and um, you turn up on a Monday like actually wanting to be at training because you want to be around your mates and it's just such a fun, a fun uh, environment to be a part of. So like, well, we'll be an example of that. Like 
Um, like we have like our mini team games on a Monday. Like so, and it's it's all good fun. And then like the boys take the piss out of each other at that. And and that's probably something that was missing that year before. Yeah. And every, every year it's just built from that. Yeah. Now, now the players have like taken over that, like over the last five years, now the players drive all that stuff now. So yeah, that's probably, um, that's probably the big one. I reckon yeah, it's just that um, enjoyment factor. And then, and then the other change would be like around like Razor's really big on um, driving the mindset for the team. So he's, um, I think I, I listened to Roach's one. Like he's he's really big on like having a theme for the for the year, and then like tying in everything that we do on and off the field to that theme. Yeah, and that's pretty much what like motivates us to to play on the weekend. So he's really big on using videos to to motivate the boys. We'll have like a video before we train on a Thursday. We we'll have a video before we run out um, on a Saturday. We watch it at the hotel. And that's yeah, that's a uh, an awesome tool that he that he uses to um, get the boys up and how it links everything together, ties um, everything to the theme that we have for the year. Does, does he make the videos himself, or does he get one of the video guys? Nah, so one of the video guys like then um, one of the video guys does it, so he he puts it all together. But like Razor's Razor has the vision. Yeah, he's the so director. He's, the other guy's the yeah. editor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your theme for this year? If you can share it, I don't want to get you in trouble. No, I can't share it. I can't share this year's one um, because we're still in it. But um, last year's one was around um, transcending, like transcending the sport of rugby, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, years previous, like we've pretty much built. Like the first year was so 2017 was Razor's first year, and, and the theme was around um, the Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman fight. Like how, I don't know, it was like four or five rounds where he was getting smoked, but um, he worked his way back in, like it was all part of his plan to come back and, and win in the, like in the back end of the fight and knock, knock George Foreman out. So our whole, our whole theme was based around that. And then every year after that, it's just built from in, in different ways. Yeah. So yeah, I could, I could go on for hours talking about that stuff, but yeah. Mate, go, go for it, go for it. That, that's the stuff people want to hear because, like, to me, I, I look at it like the Crusaders is not just one of the most successful teams in rugby, it's it's one of the most successful teams in world sport in, in reality. So, I think any chance people can get an insight into you know what makes an organization like that tick, um, like I'm certainly interested. So, I imagine other people would be as well. What's yeah. what's he like? What's he like as a bloke, um, Razor Robertson? <laughs> he seems he's, like uh, a bit of an eclectic character. Yeah, he's a he's a bit different. Um, uh, the, I remember the first time I I um, sat down with him when he came in. So I resigned in 2016, but then those coaches left, and then he he come in. So. I don't think he was too keen on me, um, though, like the, off the back of the way I played that year. So sit down with him, and he's it's pretty much just like come straight up the guts and just grilled me. I, I don't, I, I don't know him personally. Yeah, but he's like um, one of the first questions he asked me was, um, if you were to race, um, if you were, to, if you would have a 
well, if you were to train with um, your brother, so Alan, if you were to train with Alan in the preseason, who would win? And I was just, yeah. I'd never really had a combo with him before, so I didn't really know know what to think of that. And I was just, <laughs> like, oh. And then I, I think I, I probably, I think I said, yeah, he, I think he won. And then that, and he's like, oh, you know, like, and, and then another thing, I remember he asked me like, oh, how are you feeling at the moment? Like off the back of playing um, that minor 10 season, I was like, oh, I said, oh, I think I need a break from, from rugby for a bit. And then he's like, nah, mate, it's not a break. You never say break. It's it's a refresher, you know. Let's just, he's really big on language as well, the language they use. Yeah. 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 So, so ever since then, I've, Every time he asks me if, if I'm in the middle of a fitness session and he's like, how are you feeling? I'll be like, yeah, I feel good. But really inside, I'm, I'm fucking blown. <laughs> yeah. Mate, yeah. what about Jason Ryan? Jason Ryan? Yeah, Jason Ryan, yeah. I've listened to a few podcasts he's done and, you know, watched a few little videos on him and stuff. He seems like a fantastic, you know, forwards and scrum coach. Can, can you talk about him a little bit? Yeah. Uh, he's... He's probably the the person that's had the most influence on me the whole time I've been here. So like, like I for me personally, I don't really have a lot. I don't really have to do much with Razor because I'm always going to him around what I need to what I need to nail for the week and what I need to improve on and stuff. And on top of that, he he cares about all front rowers everywhere. So he's got that front row club that he used to run, and he's he he loves it. He loves all the front rowers. Um, um, and he's become like a almost like a second dad for me over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, what do you want to know about him? Just the way he coaches, or no? Just, just yeah, sort of interested in, in some of the coaching stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, purely for self, purely for selfish reasons. Like, I've just jumped into coaching myself, and um, yeah, you know, what are the sessions like? Does he just do the scrum? Does he do the line out? Like, what's his role? In the team, well, yeah, um, he does. He 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 does mainly the scrum, and he he does help out with the line out or in terms of the skill set and that. But um, we've obviously got world class people that can run a line out, like you know Sam Wylock, Luke Romano, Scott Barrett, um, Quinton Strange. They're all, they're all they're they're pretty much the guys that write the line outs for us every week. Yeah. And he's, As I should. he's just, As I should. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and he's he's pretty much there, just making sure that they haven't missed anything. And he'll be more on us about our skill set. So, like, if we didn't didn't get a full lift, or if um, we're too high on the drive, or something like that, um, he, that's so he's, that's the stuff so he's more that. keeping you accountable than actually running the line out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. But he doesn't. Even though those guys run the line out, he'll he'll when needed he'll he'll keep them accountable too. Like guys like Sam and that as well. Like it's not it's not just uh, those younger guys or like he he does it for everyone. He treats everyone the same, which is yeah. which is a good thing about him. And he's he's really big on mindset as well. Like he's really um, like the language he uses and like. Um, the way he motivates the boys, like he uses a lot of like images and stuff. So like there was one one time we walked into a forwards meeting. This is a, this is an example. So we walked into a forwards meeting, and 
he played this video of this guy on the drum kit. So it had like a one, two, three, four, like a, a pulse going. And then this drummer was just like playing, like playing the drums, playing like a, a drum solo. And then at the end, he's like, oh, why did I play that? And so, you know, it was up to the boys to try and figure out. And the, the point that he wanted to get across was around rhythm and timing. So like, and it was directed at our scrum. So, you know, your, your scrum's only, your scrum's at its best when everyone's pushing in sync and in rhythm and, and with, with good timing on our shunt. So that was the point that he was trying to get across. So he's, he's really good on that. Another example is used is like, he'll, um, you know, the, you know, rowing, like the eight. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he'll put a video of that. Everyone rowing and all in, all in sync, all in time. So it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. So, so to, he's trying to, yeah. So he's trying to, it's like a metaphor. It's like a metaphor yeah. so that everyone goes, if we all work yeah. together, this is going to work really well. Yeah. Um, what's, what's it been like for you being, well, I was going to say under, but kind of in the same team as someone like Owen Franks? Oh, that was awesome for me. Like he, like what everyone says about him is true. Like he's, He's the ultimate professional. Like, um, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Like, um, and there's a lot of what it's more what he does off the field to get himself ready for the game that that is um, like a lot of people can take a lot out of. So, like, you know, in between, so he'll be lifting in the gym. He'll be doing. He loves his squats. So he'll be, you know, he'll be squatting, and then in between sets, he'll have some band set up on the side. And he'll be doing his scrums. He'll either have an iPad set up so he can review them as well, like in between in between sets. And you know, my my early years, I never used to, I never used to do it. But now I'm doing it. I'm, that's something that I've brought into my prep as well. Um, yeah. The more the more I do it, the more I'm, the more I'm practicing those good habits. So that's something that I got from him. So that was probably a big one. Yeah, just around the drills and that, and then. Yeah, obviously the way he eats, or the you know, like, his nutrition is it's second to none. Like, and um, and his the way he recovers and and all that as well. It's the best I've seen. Yeah, and um, so a tight head, a tight head prop is the most professional rugby player you've ever seen. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, a tight head. Yeah, Owen Franks. Yeah, I'm, I'm a- yeah, like he That's doesn't amazing. he 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 doesn't really drink and then like you know after that 2016 quarterfinal oh oh yeah I got a good yarn for you actually um, so <laughs> I think it was that um, so we played the quarterfinal against the Lions in Johannesburg in 2016 um, we lost so our season was done so all of us were like you know we got on it that night we got on it pretty hard um, got got back to the hotel like early hours in the morning and some of the boys kept going through that through that um through to the next to when our flight was i i went to sleep and then like around four and then i woke up at seven or eight and i walked i walked out to the lobby and owen's sitting there um dressed in his training kit ready to ready to go somewhere this is day after the game day after the quarterfinal 
And so he's obviously going to the gym to, to work out. And I was like, like who, who in the world would work out the day after losing a quarterfinal? Like, I don't know anyone else that would do that. Anyway, I walked past him and he's asked me, hey, uh, Mikey, are you keen to come to the gym with me? <laughs> and <laughs> I was, I was only, that was only my first year. And I had a, like so much respect for him. I was like, "Well, oh, fuck, I can't, I can't really say no, can I?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was still, I was still pissed. And I went, I went to the gym with him. And I remember, yeah, he was, he was off doing squats. And I remember trying to bench press, and I couldn't even see the bar straight. So I just sat <laughs> it, went and sat in the sauna for half an hour after that. Um, yeah. Apparently, he did the same thing after the World Cup final that they won over in New Zealand. Like two days yeah. later, he's in the gym. Yeah. Well, that's it. that's it. Yeah, like I did, I didn't. Well, I heard that story as well, and but you know, actually witnessing it, like you know, even after a loss, like quarterfinal, you know, or everyone else is on the piss, like going going hard, and you know, here's this, here's Owen Franks, you know, he's on to the next job, he's on, like he's he's on to the the next thing that's going to make him keep being the best at what he does. Yeah. That next, yeah. that very next morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by guys like this because I, th- I feel like you got to have that mindset a little bit to, to do what he's done. You know, yeah. in reality, he's one of the greatest tight end props of all time, without, without question. Yeah. But does he, does he do it because that's just the way he's wired, or does he enjoy yeah. doing it? Like, what's his, what's his mindset? Because t- to me, if I just run a World Cup final. I'd be going absolutely crazy for probably yeah. a month, but that's probably why I'll never win yeah. a World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. I, or I think, I think it is the way he's wired, and I think it's the way he's been brought up. His dad, he's a he's a fitness coach, and he's and his his specialty is around cognitive conditioning. Mm. So, like being being able to think clearly when you're fatigued and under pressure, and yeah, his dad come in and did some work with us as a team, but I think he's been doing that stuff with Owen and and I assume Ben Franks like since they were young. So yeah, um, yeah. So it's de- definitely his dad would be a big influence on on that. And I, but to be to be fair, the the period that I was there, he I wouldn't say loosened up. He still trained. Like did everything that he needed to to prepare to to prepare well, but by the end of his um, time at the Crusaders, he was definitely more like like he'll joke around more and be more approachable than he was at the start. Not, yeah. I mean, he was good. He was always good to me, but um, he probably wasn't as scary to be around as he was like that first year at the end. Like, um, um, I think he his wife gave birth to their son like 2016. 27 now they have two kids and like you know you see him you know at first it was weird seeing around kids but you know <laughs> now he's yeah but you know it's so normal now for him and he's loosened up a bit because of that and it's and there's probably a good balance or like a lot of the boys that I've spoken to said it's a, it was probably a good balance for him in the end anyway to have his missus and his family were you were you in Christchurch when the earthquakes happened Nah, nah, that was, yeah, that was 2011 was with the, yeah, 2011 was the earthquakes. Um, 
Yeah, we moved here 2015. Okay, so it was yeah. well after. Yeah, I was yeah. just keen to see like the influence that that had on the city because I know it, kind of, it was pretty rough. Oh, well, when I got here, there was still, man, there's still heaps of stuff that, I mean, there's still stuff now. If you were to go through crushes now, there's still heaps of like um, empty building, old building sites that have just, it's just gravel and they've changed it into like parking lots. Like it's, the city's coming back. Like they've, they've put in all this new stuff, like, um, and it's really cool to go into the city now, but you, you, you go through there, you can still see like, um, there's still a lot of earthquake damage. And then like, you go out to the suburbs, like there's whole suburbs that have been wiped out completely. Just like, it's just all still, grass. Still gone. Yeah. Like the, I don't think they'll ever um, build on them again. Okay. Yeah. Too risky. Yeah. What yeah. about, what about on the other footy side of things? Sorry if this bores you, mate, but I'm, I'm interested in it. How, how's the approach to rugby different in New Zealand than it is in Australia? If you can, if you can pick anything. Yeah. Well, I think the first, or oh, I'd say most, or if not all the New Zealand teams that, like, we have, we have structures, we have, we have a shape. Oh well, we have we have what we call it like a shape that we play, but the shape is designed to play to our strengths and play what's in front of us. So it doesn't restrict us to like oh we need to crash it here and then crash it there. And you can only like there's always one cle- one person carrying and two cleaners. Like there's always you always have the ability to to carry to to tip it on or go out the back. Um, so it's just up to you guys to make good decisions based on what you see in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think and and the coaches like at, at training, they back us to to do it. Like like I remember back in Aussie, like um I was told by a coach not to throw a cutout pass once, you know. But Who was but that? like part um <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I'm not gonna, no, you're um, good, you're I'm not gonna name names, but um I remember, but then, but now, like, passing's become, like, such a big part of my, my own game, you know? Like, yeah. I would, probably wouldn't have passed much at all before. But it's just the way we play. We, like, we we all need to have the ability to move the ball to the, to the, to the space. Um, and I think that's probably the main point of difference. Yeah. Mate, what was it like winning the Super Rugby title for the first time. Can you remember that feeling? Because I could imagine you'd grown up wanting to do that forever. Oh, can't even describe it. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy, man. Like, that whole week was crazy. Like, so, yeah, winning the, so we, we won the semifinal against um, the Chiefs that week before. Um, and we were waiting for the Hurricanes and Lions to play in, in Johannesburg and if we if the Hurricanes won we would have stayed at home if they lost then we had to travel that that next morning so we're all up watching the game and as soon as they lost we all packed our bags and we were like none of us had slipped we were on the plane but it was just like yeah it was just an awesome weekend like I can't even describe it like from from the moment that final whistle went for that semi-final it was just like the whole build-up for that game was, yeah, it was just out the gate. And just going back to 
what I said about the theme. So the theme around Muhammad Ali, George Foreman. So that fight was in Africa. And then we went to Africa to play the final. So it just like, it linked up so well with with the theme for that year. Um, and the, the game itself, um, I remember, yeah, I remember like being on the bus and like we got about five, 10 minutes away from the hotel and there were just people everywhere. Like people like, and they were like slamming on the bus, you know, giving us the fingers and that as we we're driving in. And when we actually drove into the stadium to get out of the house, uh, get out of the, get off the bus, like there were, there were probably like a thousand people just like up in the stand and all around, like the, all around barricaded off, waiting for us to get off the bus. It was just, man, it was unbelievable. And then like, by the time we kicked off, sorry, by the time we ran out um, to play, the whole. The whole of Ellis Park was was full, sixty thousand people. Like I and I had already played there twice before, and there was only like, like you know, it was only a handful of people. So to go there again and play in front of six like of sixty thousand, couldn't even. It was deafening. Couldn't hear anything. Yeah. And then, yeah, the the game itself, like we were all over them for the first fifty minutes, and then. The last thirty, they were, they like the out. I think the altitude kicked in, and we were just we were just hanging on, and they had a red card as well. So we like, I remember looking at the clock like continuously, like how long have we got, how long have we got, you know, we're we're in the lead, and then as soon as that final whistle went, man, it was just it was a, almost overwhelming, like the emotion, like it's something you like I couldn't. Couldn't have ever dreamed to have been in that position, you know. Like, yeah, well, it's hard to it's hard to describe, especially that first one, because yeah, like so many there were so many. Obviously, there's a lot of Crusaders teams that had won previously, but the last team to win was in 2008, and then it was us, uh, 2017. So it was a big gap, and like all the like guys like. Kieran Reed and that was saying like how hard it is to do this and just to enjoy it and yeah and probably one of the good things about it was that it, we had the time to celebrate just as a as a team as well the the guys that travelled yeah. because not like the years after that when we've won them at home like it's awesome to have our families and and that around but it's really nice when it's just when it's just the players you know you have that time to let it sink in and. And then because those are the guys you've gone to battle with all year. So it was just, it was really nice to have that, um, enjoy that moment as a team by ourselves and then come back to New Zealand after that. Did it get any, what is, it's not going to be as good winning it two, three, four, five times. Yeah. But what, what does that feel like? Or oh, the second one was nice as well because we got to play at home. Um, um, the third, yeah, and you know we got to do it in front of our family, like and and all our friends and that. And the whole celebration was like that whole night was with our family and that. So that was that was it was cool. It was different to the year before, but no, it was that was really special as well. Um, yeah, 
And then I think the third one was 2019. Um, that was almost like a feeling of relief. Yeah. After winning that one, you know, because by that point, everyone had expected us to win. Um, the team we had was pretty much all the same guys from the previous two years. Um, and yeah, so when that, or that final whistle went, like they, I think we won, or was it 20 to six or something against Jaguar? So it was pretty tight. Um, and they had, they had a couple of tries go against them as well. So yeah, it was a pretty tight game. But, um, yeah, I don't want to say it was, it wasn't as good, but was different. I will say, I will say that the, my favorite was was definitely the first. Yeah, I could imagine. Do they give you yeah. guys rings when you win Super Rugby? Um, oh, it's we have we have Super Rugby doesn't organize anything, but we as a team we we yeah they they organize some rings for us if we win. So yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. You need two hands, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, what's it, what was it like playing for Samoa for the first time? Oh, that was that was awesome, and um, yeah. So that that whole year, I was twenty nineteen. I was kind of umming and ahhing about what to do. So when I finally made the decision to go in and uh, join the camp, like I, was, I had no regrets straight away. I was just. It was the, the the main thing was being around the culture like every day, you know, like um, my wife's Indonesian, so um, and as you know, all my family's back in Sydney, so probably not around Samoans as much as as what I used to be. So it was yeah. cool. It was cool to be around Samoans every day, like hearing the language and being around the culture and like you know just like minded in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, putting the jersey on for the first time, that was, yeah, it was pretty emotional. Um, I remember, so my my first game was against Heartland, 15, but then my test debut was against the Wallabies, and I remember... Was it playing? Nah, he didn't play that one. Nah, yeah, okay. they had the week off. Um, that was just that was just before we went to Japan. So um, I remember coming in after the warm-up and, like, started crying. You know, I've never done that before a game before, but... It's just like, you know, playing, representing my family, representing my heritage, like my blood against the team that I grew up wanting to play for my, my whole life, you know, the Wallabies and mm. playing in, at home as well. I was playing in Sydney. So it was just like a whole mixed bag of emotions put into that one moment. And yeah, it was, it was really cool to play yeah, in that game and, did your dad play for Samoa as well? Yeah, he did. He did play for Samoa, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a prop. He was a prop too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. So, do, do ever, yeah. Do you, do you ever think about the fact that three international tight head props came from the one family? Oh, I actually try not to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I do get reminded every now and it obviously is a cool, a cool achievement to have as a family. Um, but I mean, for me, like I'm just trying to do the best that I can for my fa- for my own family as well, and just yeah, like I, I like it. Like I obviously enjoy being playing rugby in that, but when I'm away from it, I want to enjoy being like like a dad and 
and a husband, a normal, a normal person as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah, you're but, too, you're you're too humble to sort of think about that sort of stuff. But like it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Like it does. Obviously, I do feel good about it. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it's just I don't. I guess yeah. It's just trying to sort of separate myself from it sometimes. Just so. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rather than being sort of identifying yourself as a rugby player, you're a dad, and there's more to it to you than that. So, is, yeah. is that is that kind of what you mean? Yeah, that is kind of what I mean. Yeah, and like, right. so like when I see Alan, you know, but you know, not trying not to talk about the forty too much. I mean, we we all, we obviously will because we're both professional rugby players, but. Yeah. You know, just enjoying being like spending because we never spend as much time together now as what we used to. Like uh, when I was living at home and and growing up, so you know, when we're together, it's, it's more about just like being trying to enjoy the time that we have together and as brothers, you know. Yeah. Talk, talk yeah. to me about ours. Talk to me about ours' influence on you as a footy player. And obviously he got there a little earlier, just a little earlier yeah. than you did. Yeah. What was that like for you being the older brother, seeing the younger brother get so much success at a young age? Yeah. Well, he's like from a young, from like when he first started playing. So like when he was like, so he started playing rugby when he was oh, like five. And I, I started when I was eight. So I was already, we started at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, he was that kid that used to run the whole field and score. There's, you know, there's there's Pacifica kids that used to run the whole field and score tries. I was never that kid, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, and then all through school, he went through all like the the NTS and and then he played schoolboys and then I never played any of that stuff. So I was, it was pretty hard because like. I knew at that age that I wanted to play rugby as well, like at a at a high level. But um, I wouldn't say I was jealous of him because, like how I, how I am, like I always want to see my brother do well. Like even now, I find it hard playing against him. You know, like as professional as I am, I find it yeah, I still find it hard to play against him now because, especially like with scrums and that, you know, yeah. scrummaging is such a like it's 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 all it's the most important thing in to a prop, and then it's just at the same time it's really personal as well. And yeah. so, you know, if you're getting smashed in the scrum, um, it's pretty it's it's shit any any day of the week. But um, like I almost feel bad if like if we smash their scrum or or you know yeah. he was to smash ours. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Just because he's yeah. my brother, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm yeah, more than happy to put a shot on him, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the scrums, the scrums, personal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, in terms of his his influence, I guess he was always more talented. But he he, um, I mean, he had a really good work ethic from a young age as well. But um, I think we both sort of did, and we both fed off each other. Like we both we trained together. Um, a lot growing up, um, like uh, down at the field, close to where we lived in Campsie, and um, 
when, whenever we're home together now, we still do that, you know. We'll go down and do our running together. So still, that, that's what I mean when we're together enjoying that time. Like if we're going to train, we'll do it together and, and make it quality time. And Yeah, I think that's pretty much... Yeah, I understand, mate. That, I understand. Yeah. yeah, that's good. No, it's, it's good, mate. Yeah. It's sort of like, obviously knowing you both, I just wanted to see what you thought of that because... Like, uh, I remember when you guys played at South and then Al got signed to the Brumbies. You weren't long after that. You went to the Tars, was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did preseason with them and then I ended up staying on for that whole yep. year in like a, in a, I was that, no, I wasn't full time, but I was there like three days a week. Yeah. What was that experience like? 2014, that was, I really enjoyed that year because I mean, obviously that was the year that the, the Tars won. Yeah. Um, and the, like, Chica style, like, it was suited to, to the way that the Tars were that year as well. And and I actually enjoyed it. Like, um, and if I'd, if I'd known what I, what I do now, like, I probably would have front footed a lot more things at that time. Like, like, I mean, my eyes are a lot more open now that I've played here and, um, I'll, I'll go up to anyone and approach any, anyone about anything if it's going to make me better. And there were a lot of opportunities where I probably should have taken that up with, with Chick at the time. And I didn't. And that's probably something that I regret because. Now that I am where I am now, like I think, what if I, what if I had figured it out at that point, you know, or or earlier yeah. in my career, you know, I could have, yeah, I could have kicked on so at an earlier age, because yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had that opportunity in that professional environment, and I thought I was working as hard as I could and and training as hard as like I was training hard, but I didn't actually know what it meant to be a professional. Um, and to be fair, I never really the, the guys in the team. I, I wouldn't say um, gave me the help that I needed, but like if knowing what I know now, I should have gone out and looked for that help as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that that makes sense, mate. Let's let's jump back to the Samoan stuff. What, what was it like captaining your country for the first time? Oh, I haven't I haven't captained. I haven't. Oh, so captained you've only You've only I've only just, just yes, yeah, so I've only just found out um, two weeks like? ago. What's what's that like? Um, well, um, obviously very humbled and and uh, privileged to to be given that honour. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the challenge. Um, probably one of um, the main concerns I had was around the the culture stuff and. And being able to speak Samoan because I'm not uh, I'm not fluent in speaking Samoan, so um, that was probably that was one of the things I raised with them at the start. Um, but um, in terms of the on-field stuff, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'll, that I'll that I'll do a good job. And there's guys like um, like Jack Lamb still still a part of the group, so I'll be. Yeah, I'll be looking to him to to help me a lot. Um, and there's lots of other guys that have been around the Manusamo environment as well that I can lean on. So, um, yeah, now I'm, 
I'm looking forward to the challenge here. Um, it's going to be like I haven't had much captaincy experience, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty green. Like I'm not too sure what what it's going to look like, but um, no, I'm pretty excited to to put my best foot forward um, and hopefully make the country proud. We'll see. Yeah, but we'll see how we go. And it's a, if you think about that, that's a pretty big honour, bro. What who yeah. are you guys who are you guys playing over the next period of time? Yeah. So we've got um, two games against the Māori All Blacks. Yeah. And and then two games against Tonga. So those but those two Tonga games are World Cup qualifiers. So they okay. so we're pretty much those are like obviously the games that we need to win and they that's all we're focused on really at the moment is winning those games and then from that we can plan what what the next three years looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So you win those two or how does it work against Tonga? You gotta win them so, in both games. Well, we win both, we're through. If we win one, lose one, then it's a aggregate score. Yeah. Point difference, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um yes. what, what was I gonna ask you? The World Cup. What was that experience like? Yeah, so if um, if 2017 final was one of my favourite moments, like probably the, the playing at the World Cup was was still the pinnacle of my career, definitely. Yeah, and it was um, to do it for Samoa was special, but just to be there and just to play in it was uh, like I can't even describe. Like so, like the first. We played our first game against Russia, and I remember because at those games you you walk out next to each other, yeah. and um, and you walk past the walk like the that, the William Webb Ellis Trophy just there, and you walk past it. And it's just yeah, and the stadium was just full as as well, which which was awesome because like all the all our games we were playing in front of full stadiums, all our games, which um, I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, it was a different kind of um, nervousness. Eh? Yeah, and we're playing against Russia, a team that we should have, we knew that we should be comfortably, but there's still that um, different feeling about playing on that on that world stage. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to describe. But what, what do you mean by diff- different nervousness? Like more of a anticipation, excitement kind of nerves rather than. Yeah, right. I think. Yeah, I think. I think it's probably a combination of both that um, anticipation and excitement. Because um, you know, when I'm, I know that when I'm nervous, I'm going to play well. But it was probably like nervous, like on a different level. To it's a hard. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But I remember looking at. Um, I remember walking out, looking at um, one of the boys behind me, Motumotu, our hooker. Yeah. And like I, I couldn't stop laughing and I like I couldn't stop smiling at him. Like, like you know, fuck, how good is this man? Like, we're playing in like we're playing in a World Cup. Like, you know, this is like once in a lifetime for for anyone. Is that kind of answer? Yeah. No, no, yeah, it makes sense, man. Like, and I, I guess I imagine like you and Al running around the backyard as kids. You know, the World Cup's the sort of thing you always wanted to be at, and then all of a sudden, holy shit, there's the William Webb Ellis Trophy. Where you know yeah. sixty thousand people watching us play for our country against fucking Russia, well, yeah. I can only imagine what that's like. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like to add to that, like my 
like what you're saying about me and Alan, like like my dad played at the World Cup too. They played at the 91 World Cup, Cup for Samoa. So, um, yeah, it was like taking all that in, like for me being there, playing for Samoa, you know, doing what he did, you know, it was, yeah, special, yeah. Talk to me about your dad's influence on you guys. Yeah, I've, his his influence on us like has been massive. Yeah, um, like he 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 played right up until um, like I think I was about five or six, and then he stopped and he went straight into coaching. So he was coaching second grade at West Harbour, and um, he used to bring us down to training club training at West Harbour, and we used to like play touch with them. Like they always used to want with touch, and and um, that was that was how we were first introduced to like that level of rugby, like, you know, shoot shield rugby anyway. Um, he used to like take us down to the park and do some like boxing and stuff with us, like not just rugby stuff. He'll do some boxing. And there were times where I think there was some, we used to have some Sunday sessions um, where we used to train with um, Scott Seal um, and Paddy and a few of the other boys that played at West um, on a Sunday and my dad, um, uh, Tavita Seal, um, Scott's dad, and yeah. one of the other boys' dad, they, they used to coach it. So we'll do fitness and then do some like skills in that and do some like tackling in that. So, um, yeah. And then even coming through the, coming through the, through school and that, you know, he was still, because he was still coaching all the time, like he still had a good, but, you know, I've heard of lots of stories of, like, dads, like, trying to tell their kids what to do. But for him actually being involved in a club team and coaching, like, he was coaching second grade and then he was coaching first grade for the forwards for a bit. So he actually knew what he was talking about. So, um, yeah, it was it was handy having someone like that um, on the day-to-day influence, yeah. Um, and seeing, um, seeing photos of your family every time you and Alan play against each other, they just look like it looks like such a great thing more for them than probably for you guys. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's cool because when we play against each other, like our whole family, it's like, it becomes like a family reunion almost, you know, um, especially when we play like in Canberra, like we get, everyone comes down to, to those games. Yeah, so and they get, they get the t-shirts, you know, they get the special t-shirts made like with the half Crusaders, half um, Brumby on it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool, and like we're like so grateful for the support that that our family give us. Um, like they've they've pretty much been like that, like since we were kids, you know. So coming through, like they used to go when Alan made schoolboys, like they. And under 20s, they were flying over to watch him. Like, it wasn't just, it's not just now that we've, you know, we're, now that we're playing professionally. Yeah. 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 Um, how cl- have you ever been close to coming back to Oz? Uh, uh, to be honest, uh, no. Um, I have, uh, there were like inklings and, con- and conversations that, and, and potential contract offers um, there, but, Nothing I just, happened. I just love, yeah, I just love the here too much. I, I still do, yeah. I love it here too much, and it 
the reason I'm the player I am now is because I'm here. Yeah. And I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to leave here. I think, and I think at the time that those opportunities were presented, like I was still doubtful that I could move from here and be the same player that I am here. Whereas yeah. now I've reached the point where like for me to keep growing, I need to, I need to go. So that's, that's which is part of the reason why, why I'm leaving now to go to Ireland. Test yourself against European scrummages, you know, yeah. week in, week out, grind. Yeah. Yeah, different, yeah, the, different and, style of footy as well. Yeah, and the and the team itself, like they've got heaps of Irish internationals. We've got um, Tad Furlong and and Andrew Porter. So they're the two British two and Irish lines. Yeah. So um, you know, I'm going over there. I'm not I'm not expecting to play every week, uh, obviously. Um, but I want to see what it's what the best in in Europe's like, you know, and I'll be, I'll be right there in their environment, you know, training, training with them and against them and, and, um, you know, hopefully become mates of them as well. And it'll be like the same with um, Owen Franks, you know, like, because even though I'm like, I'm nearly 30 now, but like I'm still learning and I still feel like I've, I've got um, a lot more to give and a lot more to grow in my game. So, um, yeah, and I think I've, I mean, I can still do that here if I was to stay on at the Crusaders, but I feel like I've reached the point, especially with the leadership stuff and that, like where I could really grow a lot more if, if I if I move somewhere else. So, and, um, yeah, something something I I just a point while I remember it, um, you know, I'm jumping into the coaching world. I've started to notice that a lot of young players will do anything just to get that first opportunity, and you know. Uh, you know, so-and-so is looking at you come here and you might play first grade here or, or whatever, rather than thinking about it in a way, where should I go so that I can make the most of my potential? Yeah. Like that, that's exactly the attitude you're having. Like I'm, I'm sure yeah. it's, I'm sure the financial rewards are nice as well, but yeah. at, the end, at the end of the day, where am I going to make the most of my potential? Because that's where the most rewards come. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah, you're right, and that's what's um, that's what that's what's most important to me. That's what's most important. That's what's most important to my family as well. Um, you know, that's part of the reason why I didn't really like. There were there might have been an opportunity to go to France, but it's just yeah, I didn't I didn't want to go there. Like I wanted to go to a, a club that has a lot of success. It's like similar to the Crusaders. Um, you know. They're cold and you know to to talk them up a bit like a lot of their players have reached out to me to see uh, if I need help uh, when I move over so that already, already speaks yeah already like that's awesome yeah so that speaks that speaks really highly of, of um, how they are as a the, how their culture is as a club then um, you know that's a club that I, I want to play for you know and that's in yeah, as you said, like with potential, like if I'm if I put my if I'm with the best some of the best players in the world, then it's going to be again, it's going to be easy for me to do my own job because, like similar to here, I, I'm going to trust the guy next to me to, to do his, and all I need to worry about is my myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mate, ab- absolutely. Um, 
I had another Crusaders question for you. You said you'd done some leadership stuff. Do, do they do much work on the individual off-field as well? Um, so they do, yeah. So we've got, um, we've got a professional development person that is full-time. And um, there's hours that are blocked out in the, in the week that are dedicated to that. And you can either use that time to do stuff that you've so you you'll have a one-on-one with this person. Well, her our our lady's name is um, Virginia. She's a former police officer, so, so um, she's tough as nails. Yeah, she is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So um, you have a one-on-one with her, and you you try and get some alignment around what you want to do, either like as a business thing during rugby, or or any study you want to do, or if there's anything that you want to do after you you leave or after you finish, you get alignment and then she tries to point you in directions where you can use that time in the week to, to go and do that stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, heaps of, heaps of the, especially the all black boys, they all, a lot of them have like, you know, business investments and, and stuff like that. So, um, and I would have said, like the PDM in the past probably helped them start, you know, put point them in the right direction for context and that. And now they've, that's what they use their time for. Um, and then at the same time, she'll get um, like speakers to come in and talk to us, like from all different kinds of fields. But they'll speak to us about stuff that relates to our theme again. Yeah. yeah so okay. it's, all rel- it's all relative to what what we're doing. But then from another from another angle, so like from a different a whole a whole different field. So not even rugby, it's like could be I don't know, something else, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So even um, you know, this similar theme to try and to make the most of your potential off field as well. So you can maximize yeah. on field. Um yeah. I won't keep you too much longer, mate. This this has been fantastic. I just got some maybe some random questions for you and I'll, I'll let you go to bed. I- yeah. starting to get tired. Um, oh, you're right. I got I got a lot of young kids, well, not young kids, but sort of aspiring rugby players that um, will listen or watch this. Give them an idea of some of the athletic demands on an elite prop. What rough, roughly? What are you squatting? What are you benching? What's your best conditioning? Just so people have an idea of yeah. what the guys okay. at the top level are doing. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So my best squat is uh, 220 for two. Um, um, my best bench is 160. So, um, but now, so now I've structured my whole program differently um, because when I squat, I get a sore back. So it's about being professional. Like it's again, it comes down to being professional and what's what's going to set you up in the week so that you can get to Saturday and be at your best, yeah. But before, when when I first started, it used to be about, you know, I want to squat big because Joe Moody's squatting 250 or whatever. I want to try and catch him. But now, like, my mindset's changed around that. It's about what's doing what's best for me so to set me up to to do my job to the best ability on Saturday. So, yeah. Um, I think, and then... So going back to the numbers, um, my Bronco, my best is 5'10", I think, or 5'09". Yeah. How much are you weighing when you're doing that? 
126, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they got backs. They got backs that are getting like four minutes something, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the boys, uh, Fergus Burke, um, he got four nineteen. I think. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Who's yeah. the best? Who's the best prop you've ever scrummed against? Joe Moody. Yeah. Joe Moody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's the best technically and the, and the strongest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, so you have you ever scrummed against him in a game or only at training? Nah, only at training. But I know he's the best because I've scrummed against him and it's either I lock him out or I'll go backwards. I can't. It's, it, yeah. It's it's hard to push. It's hard to get him going backwards. I could imagine. You might, yeah, you might get him once, but um, no, he's, yeah, definitely the best. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've gone, I've gone against a few, like, like really good loose heads, but none of them compared to, to what I've had against him at training. Yeah. What, what I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll scrum, our scrum sessions at training, especially when like Owen and, and Owen was there and Crocky as well, um, <clears throat> were harder than the game. Yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. Who was who was hooking for them at that time? Oh, still Cody Taylor. Yeah. He seems yeah. like a beast. he seems like a beast of a scrummager. Yeah, he is. But he's oh man, he I can't speak highly enough of him as well. He's He's um, probably the f- he's one of the fittest guys I've ever seen, man. He he and he he busts his ass like he works he works really hard. Like um, he's just he's always in the gym doing like extra conditioning stuff. Like he's just like he'll play eighty minutes and then on on Saturday and then Monday he's in the gym doing like extra conditioning sessions that are all relative to like to to being dynamic around the field. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's a, he's not a small boy either, mate. He's like he'd look easily over one hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Where, where's yeah. your favorite? Where's your favorite touring destination you've ever been to? Hmm. Probably. Um, well, I enjoyed Japan, but probably only because of the World Cup and like the whole buzz around it. But. Um, yeah, probably the favourite place would have to be South Africa. Yeah, never heard a prop say anything other than South Africa. Yeah, something about yeah, Cape or, Town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cape Town's yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, um, yeah, it's beautiful there. Yeah. I've only been there once. Yeah, always when we like, I've been to South Africa a few times. We normally play in um, Johannesburg and that, but um, no, Cape Town's unreal, and we. Yeah, they packed the stadium out when we played there as well, which was, yeah, that was unreal as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, the food, the food there's unreal too. <laughs> the steak. That's and, what I hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's cheap as well. It's like, yeah, like the rand is like doesn't even compare to the Aussie or New Zealand dollar. So you're paying like cheap for like high quality cuts of meat. Yeah. And big feeds too, I'm told. Yeah, huge feeds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you can order like, you can order three feeds for the price of one here in New Zealand. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How, how many more years do you reckon you've got in you? Ooh, 
Um, are you still you're still feeling good? Even at yeah, this point? I feel yeah, I still feel good, really good. Like touch wood. Like I've since I've been in New Zealand, I've missed two games or three games my whole career. Yeah, so really, yeah, yeah. So, um, then. And I was I was fit those games too. Like I only missed one last year because my son was born. Yeah, you know, right. I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't have missed that. Um, so you know, it's been a dream ride. Um, but in saying that, like going to a club like Leinster, where they've got world class tight ends there already, I think that's going to hopefully prolong my career as well. Not having to do what I'm doing now over there, play yeah. play week in week out. So hopefully. I'm hoping to get to 35, yeah. Man, that's unreal. What are you going to do once you're done playing? Have you got any ideas yet or are you just going to see see what happens? Um, well, before I finished um, uni around that time. I was at South. Um, I did a Bachelor of Arts, majored in English. Um, so I could become a teacher in the future. Um, but I think what interests me in that is probably doing something around teaching and, and coaching rugby at school at the same time. So maybe like, you know, a job at Newington or something, <laughs> director of rugby would be awesome. Putting, um, putting a plug out there for myself. But no, like a role like that would be really awesome where I could teach and and coach rugby at a school level. That, that'll be like, that, that'll be an awesome way to stay involved in rugby. Um, and and teach at the same time, so that that might be something. Well, does professional coaching interest you at all? Um, oh no, I, I, not at this point. I think if I really want, if I to stay involved in rugby and and to share what I've learned over my years, I, I feel like like at the school level, that's probably the best place where I can do it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's well, that's what I'm leaning towards now. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I think yeah, that'll be a cool a cool way to stay involved in the game, but in a in a different way, not not in a professional way. So yeah, so you can kind of uh, pass on the knowledge without all the pressure of um, performance and results and yeah. all that other stuff. Which I, I yeah. could imagine being around it for most of your adult life, you'd probably you know I know you love it, but one day you'd probably like a break from that. I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, every weekend you're—it's like you're, or you're being assessed for for how you perform in, in your job. It's like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, one week you can you can start, and then next you drop. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's. it's everyone says, said. yeah. Everyone Sorry. says how easy it is, but um, to I mean, not easy, but how privileged we are as professional rugby players, which we are. You know, like. Um, but like that's the side of that's the side of it that people don't see. It's like you know, the pressure to perform every week, and like the pressure of selection, and yeah, how that mixes together. Like and like obviously, people some people deal with it better than others, but um, it's still it's it's still hard for everyone. Yeah. I could imagine being in a country like New Zealand. Uh, if you're an All Black and you you'd lost a few games, yeah. like they don't lose much these days. But yeah. I could imagine that's a whole 
new type of pressure that most 20, 30-year-old people don't really have to deal yeah. with. Well, yeah, that's why. I mean, for a lot of the boys, I think they just try and stay away from social media and, and reading um, reading the news articles as much as they can because, like, you know, the, it, ha- it happened to us early in the year. Like, there were, we, we dropped the game and everyone's saying it's the end of the Crusaders, you know, um, and there's – and, like, people will be trying to figure out, oh, why we aren't as good as, as how we should be and stuff like that. But, you know, everyone's going to – like we're only human, you know. We're not gonna. We're not perfect. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, the media is pretty. It can be pretty brutal like that here. Yeah? I mean, tall poppies in tall poppies in terms of yeah, it's real. The real thing in New Zealand. Yeah, that's Especially real. In New Zealand. Yeah. You reckon, more more so than Oz, you reckon? Oh, uh, or pre- well, pretty similar. No, yeah, similar. Or, or I'd say, um, I'd say the way the Daily Telegraph. Um, Media is around the, the NRL, and that is it's worse, but it still is similar, though. Yeah, mate. Last question I've really, really enjoyed this, and I'm, I'm really grateful for your time. Looking back now, after all you've done, what advice would you give 18 year old you? To track to actually um, try hard at something and and uh, it's a hard one because, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am now without what I went through at that age. But uh, as I said before, I wish I'd figured it out when I was younger. Like, um, yeah, to not to not leave any stone unturned um, would be would be the one, like. That's something I didn't learn until I moved to New Zealand and got out of my comfort zone. You know, it wasn't only when I was 18, like I was, you know, 19, 20, 21, I was still living with my family. Um, I moved to New Zealand. I moved, that's the first time I moved out of home. So that's when my, as I said earlier, like my eyes were open to, to the world and what I could do in it. So I'd say if you're going to, like if I was to do something at 18 just to to not leave any stone unturned and and to to put as much effort as into it as I can at that time. Yeah. Mate, it's it's worked out pretty well to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That's a good way to, that's a good I'm way to pr- end though. But but you gotta, yeah. mate, you know, one day you're gonna have to look back at all you've done and be pretty pretty stoked, really. Like it's it's that's amazing, mate. Considering, like, I know you and I know where you've come from. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah you should be stoked. Nah, cheers, mate. No, nah, pr- appreciate that coming from you. Yeah. Nah, it means a yeah. lot. Yeah. Mate, it's, 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 you know, this has been, this has been a great podcast. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, mm. You got a game this weekend? Yeah, we're playing uh, the Rebels in Sydney on Saturday. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. We're, I'm actually no, I can't come. I'm getting married on Sunday, so Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, congrats, mate. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Only took me eight years. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Mate, well, it's it feels weird to be doing adult things, even at I think I'm 33 now. You know, a lot of the stuff you learned 
now, when you look back, I kind of feel the same because I, I never yeah. tried at all, at all. Yeah. You know? And I, I really wish I, I'd tried at something when I was 17, 18, you know, it would have cut the... Yeah. Would have cut it all way down, I reckon. Yeah. Um. So you guys win this game. You're in the finals. Six soup. And is that how it works? Or they do a final series? Or is uh, that- it's just a straight straight final. Yeah. Uh, we still. Or well, the, the Highlanders are playing the the Brumbies on Friday night. So our situation depends on how they go. Like. Okay. They they so could you- win, but they could win. And then we'd have to win, like with, with more points than them, sort of thing. Yeah, to okay. secure. You dropped, yeah. A, you dropped a game. Did you drop a game? No, we haven't. But we dropped the bonus point last week. That, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, mate. Best of luck. I hope you get six Super Rugby titles. That sounds so strange to say, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's still surreal for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, let's cool. finish on that. Mikey, thank yeah. you so much, mate. Great to see you. Um, best of luck over in Ireland and with all the Samoa stuff, mate. We'll be, be watching for sure. And uh, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed catching up, mate. Yeah. Good to catch up with you as well. And um, all the best with your wedding on Sunday. Hope it, hope it goes well, mate. Um, congratulations. Thank you, mate. And, you um, too. Yeah. I'll be keen to stay in touch, mate. Yeah. Mate, absolutely. Let's, yeah. mate, once you've... Got a bit set up over in Ireland. Let's do another one and just check yeah. in some stage down the track, man. Awesome. No, I'll definitely be keen. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Good chat and you have a good night, my friend. Yeah. You too, mate. Cheers. Catch, catch you, bro. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.